0: Hogwarts, 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 teach us new. Hello and welcome to Wizard Studies. I'm Audrey. And I'm Katie. And today, if Katie can remember how to podcast,
1: <laughs> listen, I'm a little bit rusty, my technology's a little bit rusty. <laughs> We're on take number three here. Um, <laughs>
0: We are trying to (laughs) discuss Goblet of Fire, Chapter 36, The Parting of the Ways, which is in reference to the parting of the ways between Dumbledore and the Ministry, or the Mm. Minister, I guess both, not the parting of the schools from Hogwarts, (laughs) as I thought was the case when you told me that this was the chapter.
1: No, it's the chapter immediately following the best chapter in the whole series um but no what the next that chapter that one's called veritaserum and that's oh, right. the Barty crouch jr reveal the next one is the beginning
0: which is not confusing at all because it's the last, because it's the last <laughs> chapter
1: but i guess like it's very symbolic of like it's you know we always all. talk about yeah goblet of fire as a big turning point in the series and I'd say that, obviously, it began a little bit before the last page of Goblet of Fire, but... Yeah, but this
0: is, like, like there's Voldemort coming back, and that's kind of, like, the beginning of the war, but also, like, this chapter marks the beginning, or, like, right after this chapter that we're talking about marks the beginning of, like, the Orders needs like to get back together. the Resistance, yeah. Like, yeah, the Resistance, um, because... It's not until, like, this chapter that Dumbledore is like, I guess we're going to have to do this by ourselves.
1: Yeah. Um, the last, my last section of this chapter is, like, Dumbledore and Harry in an office, and I cannot wait to go through that because there are so many little kind of, like, Easter egg things that you can pull out and be like, you may not have known kind of what that meant or what that was referring to when you first read it in Goblet of fire, but we know now looking back, so I'm super pumped to get to that.
0: Are you talking about your first section?
1: No, my second section. Oh. I thought that was one... When... Okay. Never mind. We'll get to well, there Well, there's some stuff in both. There's some stuff okay. in both. Um,
0: anyway, before we go into the chapter anymore, just want to say I have no idea when this episode <laughs> is going to come out. Um, it's like a surprise episode. Yeah. Uh, but we are recording at the end of March, and Trans Day of Visibility, national, international? I assume it's international. I mean, um, it's
1: International Women's Month, so yeah. is that, co- like, that's international. And you are international. I am international. Right now, so since you are I'm an international woman.
0: <laughs> yeah, since you are recognizing Trans Day of Visibility, we're going to call it International yes. Trans Day of Visibility, yes. which is on March 31st. Um, a few days from date of recording. So I doubt this episode will be out by then, but I hope you all took some time to reflect and, you know, uh, take action for the trans community and uh, separate that from the Harry Potter issues right now. That aren't even right now, but the ongoing... I've completely removed myself from anything related to Harry Potter, like, besides, like, me liking the books and us doing this podcast. Like, I don't... It doesn't even come up on my Twitter anymore because I just, like, made it so it didn't, and it makes me mad. Uh, And I don't want to, like, consume anything that the author of this series is doing or saying or any of the money-making things of this stupid-ass game. So... (laughs) i don't know <laughs> maybe just lean into that boycott and just you know be like us and, and buy your used books and yeah i don't know
1: <laughs> yeah i will say there is a quote later on that just like oh i can't wait to talk about it i can't wait to talk about it hmm. Okay. um that sorry that oh, was like I very cryptic but, but know, like it yeah, has to do with yes, the author's yeah. views and specifically you know trans people Um, trans folk so we'll get to that but i'm very excited to talk about it
0: yeah just taking a sec to say this podcast and katie and i are still you know here to support uh trans rights and trans people around the world regardless of what may have brought us together in the first place so
1: yeah
0: yeah get out there on trans of visibility and consume some media and books and everything that uh feature um trans characters and that trans people wrote and starred in and whatnot so just go be a good ally and advocate
1: Ally, all the time it's like one of my favorite sounds on tiktok hmm? if you have like that sound on tiktok where it's like this is my friend something she's an ally say ally and they're like ally i actually i'm not on tiktok tiktok you know I'm <laughs> tiktok <laughs>
0: i'm not on tiktok but i do know what you're talking about
1: All right, diving right into this chapter. So it took me a second. I know we've talked about this in previous chapter episodes, but sometimes the start of these chapters can be a very disorienting thing because we both just start with this chapter. Like I never – Oh, I always go back a page. Oh, I never (laughs) do. (laughs) I always just start right at the chapter. And so it takes me a second to be like, all right, where are we? Who is here? What is going on? But this one in particular was kind of chaotic, a very chaotic bit a beginning. Dumbledore is like this, so this is right after Barty Crouch Jr. has kind of like finished speaking, and he's kind of like energy is spent. He's struggling. Dumbledore like has him tied up or whatever, and Dumbledore just like uh, this is a theme throughout this chapter. Dumbledore, Dumbledore has just tied t- up, <laughs> you know um <laughs> <Ginky>. <laughs> well we never know with Dumbledore um uh, no but this is like a theme in this chapter that like Dumbledore just starts like rattling off orders like he does this yeah. multiple times throughout the chapter we should
0: have like like put a percentage on how much of this mm-hmm. chapter is Dumbledore dialogue like like, it's as opposed like, to just narration, like,
1: words yeah. that Dumbledore is saying. I think it's, like, at least 50. It has to be a lot. It has to be a lot. And then Harry doesn't really speak much dialogue, because the part where he does speak, we've kind of experienced that whole thing with yeah. him. So we as the reader don't need to hear him re-say it. So it's just kind of like, Harry felt good saying words. Yeah. He's actually, anyways. Um. So he's like, Minerva, take... Barty Crouch up to wherever they're taking him. I don't remember. Snape, go fetch Madame Pomfrey, and then for F- for Moody, sorry, go fetch Madame Pomfrey for Moody who's struggling. And then Snape, after done that, go find Fudge and tell him where Barty Crouch is so he can question him. And then Harry, come up to my office. I have Sirius is up there like waiting to see you before we go to the hospital wing. And this chapter opens up at the very beginning. Harry is reminding us that his leg is hurt. And this is from, was it the spider? He, like, broke his leg, right? The spider, like, lands on his leg. Oh, yes. um, Before he, like, right before he touches the cup. And, like, Cedric helps, like, they're, like, Cedric is, like, I won't leave you behind. We can touch the cup together and, like, helps carry Harry because he's, I think his leg is broken, if I had to guess. But don't think that i don't think there's ever a concrete diagnosis um and harry's just like oh thank god like he didn't ask me any questions he didn't ask me to talk about the events of the night because he doesn't think that he's ready but the first thing that we hear harry say to my knowledge in this chapter dialogue wise is he asked him what are where cedric's parents are um which is like really devastating and they're with professor sprout shout out I don't know if there would be. She would be my choice for head of house to see after a loved one died. Like I wouldn't want to see Snape. I don't think McGonagall would be the best. I think she'd be good, but I think Professor Sprout would be better. And I don't think Flitwick would, would be the best either. I think yeah, Professor McGonagall Sprout would be
0: like all one. business.
1: Yeah, I, I could see Flitwick being good. Like I feel like he would have some like poignant advice. But yeah. I could just like Professor Flitwick Sprout maybe, would just like a hug, you yeah know, I and mean?
0: Flitwick would be like in the like not immediate aftermath.
1: Yeah, yeah. He could help you maybe like process, but you don't yeah. want to process quite just at the beginning. Yeah. You just want a hug, and I feel like hug. Professor Sprout would be the best for yeah. that. Um, and so Harry and Dumbledore go upstairs to his office to find Sirius, and Sirius is like. What happened? Blah blah blah. He's like spitting off questions for Harry and Dumbledore. And Harry is like, This is like really sad. He's like, I just want to go into a deep sleep where I don't have to think or feel anymore. And that just like made me really sad for him. And I think that, like, I think that the movies and in some ways the book could do kind of a disservice to how like traumatizing this night was for Harry yeah. because of like maybe the definitely the book less so but the even the book like Cedric is such a like small character that we only meet in this book and granted it was like a whole school year of time and like when you're that age I feel like you like get close to people very fast but like reading about it doesn't I don't like I wish that Cedric had like had spent more time with us for selfish reasons of course but also because like I wish that the trauma that harry feels would have been like even more obvious to the reader like if it was somebody he was more close with or had spent more time with like i'm not saying that he's not feeling trauma because he definitely is but like i just feel like it was just like we felt it more for him and i feel like we have we weren't as close to cedric as harry was and so i don't know like I don't know if it like hits but Harry is like really traumatized and I think after this book it's like kind of brushed over barring like the very beginning of Order of the Phoenix when Dudley's making fun of him for like talking about Cedric in his sleep but not only that obviously like him seeing his parents was very traumatizing like him seeing Voldemort come back yeah. was very traumatizing. <laughs> was like, the whole night in general yeah. um but yeah there's like a couple times throughout this chapter where Harry just like talks about like how rough the night was and like how he doesn't like he just wants to disassociate from everything that's going on um and then fox which i just love fox i love a good fox fox is really good in this yeah they're so good and so fox like lands on harry and like i think he talks about it just being kind of like a comforting weight on his lap or on his arm i forget where uh fox was um but finally, Dumbledore is like, Harry, we need you to tell us the story. Like, I know what happened leading up to tonight, but I need to know what happened after you touch the cup with Cedric. And then here's just like another really kind of heartbreaking quote that Dumbledore says this time, numbing the pain for a while will only make it worse when you finally feel it. Because you can like tell that Harry's like really hesitant to speak about this. And then Fox lets out a little note, and, um, you know, we know that Phoenix Song has magical properties, and I think that in this moment, Fox just, like, really just gives Harry what he needs, like, strengthens him, fortifies him to be able to tell this story. And even in this moment, when he's telling the story, he, like, kind of disassociates. Like, it's described as, like, him just kind of, like spewing the words and he starts to feel better and he says something about like it feels like something poisonous is being extracted from him being able to like say these words out loud um and I thought it was very um interesting that Sirius like they she didn't say swears but she says like exclaims something like um but I think I can read between the lines and say that Sirius got up and yelled that shithead I think that's what he said um, specifically when Harry mentions that Wormtail cut his arm to give Voldemort the blood that he needed to like counteract the some of the blood magic that Lily gave Harry when she died um, and in this moment Dumbledore, it seems to Harry as though Dumbledore smiled or grinned a little bit but then it was immediately gone and so Harry's like oh I must have imagined it But, obviously, this is, like, Dumbledore getting confirmation about a couple different things, I think. Um, In terms of, like, the love magic, I don't know, does this have anything to do with the Horcruxes? Well, it's,
0: I think it's the love magic, but I guess, well, no, because this ends up, this is where Voldemort went wrong. Mm, right. yeah. yeah. So is, has Dumbledore already processed that, like, this will be the thing tying Harry back to life? Because that's what it is, right? Yeah. It's the fact Harry comes back to life because his blood is running through Dumbledore's
1: veins. Voldemort. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay, I do that all the time.
0: <laughs> um, so Harry comes back to life because... Voldemort took his blood and yeah. Lily's protection.
1: It still, is so still that, like alive it's and exists still in alive. the world. Yeah. So,
0: I don't, I don't know. know. Is Dumbledore processing that? That I That's I read so... it as he's like triumphant. It's like it says like triumph in his eyes, and I read that as like oh, because he's getting confirmation that like the love magic was real, and like yeah. he's kind of like feeling smirked, like he's kind of
1: he's like, like he, i knew it bitch yeah
0: and like yeah and, and Voldemort finally came around to
1: realizing it yeah. which like i think that's he, how i read it too but i wouldn't put it past dumbledore to already or, be seeing yeah. that as an option cuz he knows at this point that yeah. harry has to die right
0: yeah no yeah i think um I wouldn't say he like knows exactly how it's gonna play out in this instant, but I yeah. think he's like seen like a possible. This actually avenue. could be because then he goes like very well. He's gotten past that particular barrier, but mm-hmm. I think he's already thinking about how Voldemort has made another barrier
1: for himself. Yeah, no, no I definitely, like, I definitely. That agree. man's so smart. He is. He really is. Um. And so then Harry, when he gets to the part where their wands connect, he starts to, like, get choked up. And Dumbledore is like, oh, I know what must have happened. Um, Like, your wands must have connected because they're twin cores. And this is the first time we as readers or Harry find out that both of them, both Voldemort and Harry, have Fox's tail feather as their core. So they're twin wands and when twin wands are, they generally don't like to be pitted against each other. I have lots of problems with this, this part. Um, anyways, so when twin wands don't like each other, like they generally don't work against each other. But if you try really hard and you actually try to get them to work against each other, then this thing called Priori and cantonum works, which is like, Why? Like, this doesn't – this seems like – It's such a jump. It's it like – It is. Like,
0: why? It doesn't make sense. It's like you would think that it – Like, I get like, them neutral. connecting,
1: and they can't, like, yeah. really work against each other. No. But why does it force the previous spells out of one wand? I don't and know. And then – It, like, makes no sense. Yeah, like, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And then Tumblr is like, oh, so you must have, like – seen some people then harry's like yeah i saw like or i don't think he actually ever says this out loud i think dumbledore kind of is like oh you must have seen cedric
0: cedric bertha an old
1: man yeah and then he kind of like goes and on then dumbledore's
0: like, like your parents
1: yeah um i have a question yeah i might not have the answer but shoot <laughs> i don't think you do <laughs> So, Priori and
0: Cantatum is just, like, previous spells. Yes. Like, it has nothing to do with murder. No. And so, like, it just happens that the last, like, six spells we've seen Voldemort cast are murders. So, like, would nothing else, like, if he had cast something else, would would, would that have come out? Or is it just bringing out the murders or, like...
1: I don't know, because Priori and Quintatum is not some, like, phenomena. Like, you can cast Priory and Quintatum whenever. Yeah. Like, I, we see the spell yeah. at the beginning of this book. So, like it's reasoned that it should just be the most recent spells in reverse order that the wand has cast. But Dumbledore later on specifically says the last murders the wand performed. So I'm not sure if that's implying that only murders matter in this whole priori and Cantatum situation or that it just so happened that all of the most recent spells were murders. Yeah. Which I also find hard to believe... Yeah, it's like because Wormtail I, was using Voldemort's
0: wand, right? Because Wormtail's the one that kills. Yeah, Cedric. Cedric, and so like. You would think that sometime like, over the course of the past nine like, months, they've cast like. Nothing. Any, literally anything.
1: No, like up like spells, like water, yeah. like aguamenti. Like you're living in like there's no running water in the Riddle house. Come on, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I I find that very hard to believe and the fact that Dumbledore says the most recent murders like makes it seem like it's just murders that matter but that's even more of a leap (laughs) like what if nobody had ever cast a murder spell before I don't know (laughs) um but anyway so I'm very confused about that and also I think we've probably talked about this before but in like the was it the original print version? This was like incorrect the order of the deaths, and then um, like Lily comes out before James, I think originally in the book, oh. and then it was switched eventually because it was obviously Voldemort killed Lily after James, so she should come out last first.
0: She should come out first. She should come out before yes. James.
1: Yes. Yeah. So, something like, it was in the wrong order at some point. Yeah. Um, and Dumbledore, I think, actually says it even in the wrong order here. Like, not saying he was saying it in order, but when he's listing the names, I do think he has Lily and James swapped. I could oh, be. I, th-
0: I thought he just said your parents.
1: No, at one point he, like, lists, he says their names. I'm fairly certain. Um, but while Audrey looks at that, just to finish up my section, so Harry's finally done, um, like, he has told the whole story at this point, and Fox, um... Like goes onto the ground and cries on Harry's leg, and Harry's leg is healed. So I do think that the beginning of this chapter of with Harry mentioning like he's like, oh my leg is in so much pain. We hear like him say that. I think it was just kind of a reminder to the reader that he hurt his leg because I think the last chapter probably wasn't mentioned at all because it was all about like Barty Crouch in that story. Um, mm-hmm. Because at that like in the beginning of this chapter, it gets healed. So just like a little reminder. It does just say your parents. Oh, I could have sworn. Yeah.
0: And then which Harry says, "An old man." Harry said, "Bertha Jorkins and your parents." Said Dumbledore quietly.
1: Yes, but he Mary's doesn't say any later in reference. Or... No, not think so. That's in like the, the audible part. version of my book. He definitely said their names at some point. I know I'm not making that up.
0: Okay, before we go to my section, if we sound a little different, um, it's because we're recording this part, like, two weeks after (laughs) we recorded the last part. Um, Yeah, so
1: that Trans Day of Visibility on March 31st that we mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Long pass. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's <laughs> almost... At the beginning of the episode, you were like, we don't know when this is going to come out, if it's afterwards or not, <laughs> like,
0: yeah. Right, and now we're, like, now we're recording mid-April, the rest yeah. of this, and, like, it could, who knows, it always takes us a long time to edit. Um, so, yeah, sorry about that, folks. Um, you know, technical difficulties do be happening. Yeah. Uh, whole episodes... Mm-hmm are getting deleted uh it's okay it's nothing we haven't dealt with before um knock on what we get through this one
1: yeah
0: uh but just a little heads up apologies if we repeat ourselves or like reference back to something we're not professionals we're just doing this to do it you know that if you've made it this far (laughs) um all right so picking up where katie left off Um, Dumbledore is like, alright, Harry, you've, you've done what you needed to do, uh, it's time for you to rest and recover, he says, you have shouldered a grown wizard's burden. Harry has, like, given all the information, and that was hard, and he's, you know, fought Voldemort, and all of these, gone through all of this terrible stuff in the last, like, I don't know, like, four hours, like, I feel like the maze started at, like, sundown or something, and it's probably, like after midnight so over the last period of time harry has been through a lot so dumbledore says we can now go to the hospital wing you're gonna get a really stiff sleeping potion and you're gonna sleep a dreamless sleep or something like that um and he says sirius is allowed to come with obviously in dog form um but i just as a comfort he's allowing sirius to stick around uh, they're super relaxed at this point with like Yeah, there's just a dog walking around Hogwarts. Nobody asks questions, Uh, but obviously at the beginning of
1: mystery, can't you have a pet dog? Like yeah, you can. You can. So I (laughs) know the whole pet situation has been like a long-term like sticking point with fans, right? Because like in the letter that Harry first gets, you can have what a cat, a rat, or or an owl, owl. and
0: then the first pet you meet is is a a toad. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, and then later Ginny has a pygmy puff.
0: Yeah. So, it slaps. Willy-nilly up in here. <laughs> <laughs> um, So they get up to the hospital wing, and Ron, Hermione, Molly, and Bill, because, reminder, Molly and Bill came to watch Harry in the Triwizard Tournament. Um, they're all there, and they're looking around for Harry. Oh, I also just realized, like, the earlier this same day is when, like, Harry, like, takes Molly and Bill around Hogwarts. Like, what a what a long day, man. God, um, yeah. But so Harry's little crew is, like, bullying Madame Palm for even Like, where is he? Where is he? Um, and Dumbledore waltzes in with Harry, and he says, like, he, he recognizes that it will be good for Harry to have people around him. So he says that they can stay, but they can't bother him tonight. Like, they are allowed to be by his side, but no questions, like just let Harry sleep it off. Um and so they start to bring Harry to a bed, um, and they walk past Moody, like the real Mad Eye Moody, who has been taken out of the bottom of his like chest, I guess is what it is. Um and Madame Pomfrey says that he'll be fine. And so this is like a This is, like, one of the first moments where I feel like it happens a lot in Order of the Phoenix where Harry has to, and Harry and us, the readers, have to, Mm -hmm. like, separate the fact that, like, we think we know this man, but, like, we just know somebody that was impersonating him. So uh, we have to, like, get to know real Moody. So Harry, like, walks by and feels, like, compassion for him, but he's, like, actually never really met him.
1: Yeah, it's so crazy. I was talking with somebody the other day, and they said that Madai Moody was their favorite character in the series. And I was like, well, that's kind of like a hot take to begin with. And I was like, <laughs> why? And I feel like I feel like Madai Moody is such a tough character because, like you said, not only do you like the most of the time we spend with him, it's not actually him. After we do spend time with him, I think like we hear a couple different times that like he's a changed person since the incident yeah
0: he's not yeah he's not. so the he's same, like we don't, we don't even, know who like. he was yeah
1: like we don't even know like not saying that after like the traumatic thing that happened to him he's not like the real Mad-Eye Moody anymore but he's not the person that like the always you know, heard is right. about for yeah. Mad-Eye Moody like we never actually meet that person ever
0: yeah it's crazy yeah it is weird and I think I think like I mean, I don't think he's a lot of people's, like, number one favorite character, but I think a lot of people really like him. Yeah, yeah. Partially because of, like, the, everything you hear about him, like, the lore of Mad-Eye Moody. But then, like, people definitely just, like, conflate the two. Because, like, Moody is super cool. Like, Crouch as Moody in this book. Yeah. Like, I would respect that being your favorite character, because, like, he is, like pretty compelling, interesting character who has a huge role in the book. Yeah. But then it's, like... But then it's weird because it gets tied up in the fact that, like, that's not who that is. And you also
1: have to think that, like, all of, like, Mad-Eye Moody that year was Mad-Eye Moody enough to, like, pass as Mad-Eye Moody. Yeah, so so even if you say, like, my favorite thing about Mad-Eye Moody is, like, his teaching style, blah, 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 and, like, you point to things that happen in Goblet of Fire, like... I think you can make the argument that, like, the real Moody is all of those things, too? Yeah. Not yeah, because you fooled Dumbledore. Like, Yeah, it, it's just, like, really wild. Like, he's such an interesting... Yeah. And I know, like, we talked about a lot of this on our Moody episode, but it's just, it's very, it's very odd. It's hard Unique to... situation for a character. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um...
0: All right, so Harry gets put into bed, and everyone's like, Yeah, we'll just, you know, comfort him, stay around him all night. And Dumbledore says that he's gonna go talk to Fudge. Um, And he's like, Harry, drink that potion. And so Harry takes, like, uh, I think he takes, like, a couple sips of the sleeping potion and he falls to sleep. But then, not long after, he wakes up to the sound of voices and he knows, like, he places himself, he knows that not a full night has passed, it's only been like I don't know, like maybe an hour probably not even uh, because he didn't actually finish his sleeping potion Um, and there's they're shouting and all of Harry's posse who's like hanging out around him are like they have to quiet down, they're gonna wake him up Um, and then McGonagall, Fudge, and Snape burst into the room Um, and McGonagall and Fudge are shouting at each other (laughs) Um, and they're like demanding to see Dumbledore, who like we were told was gonna go see Fudge. So like it clearly has not been that long because Dumbledore like appears in the hospital wing. So I think he was like just talking to Madame Pomfrey. So it's like it's like maybe been fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um and Harry uh is observing this from bed, everyone thinks he's still asleep and he like Thinks or mentions that he's never seen McGonagall this upset, which is like we've seen McGonagall like just wait till upset. next year, Harry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna get worse. Um, yeah, I guess to contextualize that, like we're still in book four, but Harry has seen McGonagall angry before. Yeah, um, and so Snape starts to like recount to Dumbledore what has happened because right now everybody's just yelling at each other. Um, and so, as Snape is recounting what has happened, McGonagall is like interjecting her displeasure. Um, but Snape says that when they went to get Fudge to tell him that they had caught who had killed Freddy Crouch Sr. and you know tra- changed the Triwizard Tournament cup into the Portkey and done all of these things, they said they had the person that was responsible for that. It's a Death Eater. Fudge insisted on bringing a Dementor for security. Which, what's the Dementor going to do for your security? Like, I don't understand Dementors as security guards. Because, like, you're the one that has a wand and can cast anything. Yeah. Like, Dementors can't do magic. All they can do is, like, someone's someone out. Yeah. So, like, it doesn't make sense that, uh, that Fudge insisted the Dementor as a security guard. Like, I just don't understand it. I also don't understand, like, how he can, like, summon a Dementor. Like, I assume he just has the power to be, like, like, literally, like, Accio Dementor. (laughs) Um, Because, like, we know that Dementors are not allowed on school grounds from the previous year, and, like, he definitely wouldn't have just, like, had... He thought he was there on, like, a happy occasion. He wouldn't have just, like... Insisted on bringing a Dementor, like, normally to this event, to this night. Unless, yeah. like, maybe he just always travels with a Dementor, <laughs> and he, like, left it in Hogsmeade for the night.
1: I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. Yeah. yeah like, I don't know if the whole, like, Dementor as a security guard thing is, like... I guess, like, the only argument you could make is that, like, Dementors can incapacitate somebody. They can, like, you know start making them feel the despair. Mm. But like Fudge could do that with his wand, like you said, you know? And yeah, at this point like... Barty Crouch Jr. doesn't have a wand. And they tell him
0: that they have him like held, like Yeah. And I don't get like I I would under I get that Fudge is like afraid of everything and whatever. So I would understand him like
1: Bring like, like an aura with Yeah, him. having like
0: travelling with an aura basically. Yeah. Because, like, I don't... We don't really know how competent of a wizard Fudge is. So, yeah. like, I would get that. Like, he has someone to defend him. Like, literally a security guard. Yeah. Or like bodyguard. Yeah. But, whatever. It it just doesn't make sense. He
1: could have had a gun with him.
0: <laughs> I guess. Do guns work
1: at Hogwarts? Oh, definitely. Because yeah. it's, electros- like, it's not yeah. technology. it's not technology.
0: Well, I mean, I mean, it is, like, con- it is are, technology but... to some yeah. But, like, I it's... feel like a basic, like, pistol or something. You know, like, maybe yeah. not, like, an automatic whatever. I, mean, I don't know. I don't understand. Civil
1: guys. war. What were they called? Muskets? A musket definitely works out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, so, they go into the room with the Dementor, and... Obviously, the Dementor, like, immediately sucks out Crouch's soul. And I guess where to believe that Crouch is, like, a wanted person for the Dementor? So it just, like... So do
1: you think that the, my headcanon is that the Dementors have, like, beef with him? With Crouch. Because he escaped. Because he escaped, yeah. And yes. they're, like... So they, the, like, recognize... made us look bad. <laughs> he's the
0: one that got away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although it's no like, one knows that he escaped.
1: I mean... But
0: the Dementors know.
1: Like, they have to know he escaped at this point. Like, he was in Azkaban, and now he's not. You know what I mean? Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, nobody knows, like, except out of, like, what is it? Dumbledore, Harry. Yeah. McGonagall, Snape Snape. They were in the room, right? Like, no, yeah. the circumstances. But, like, he was sent to Azkaban. Yeah. So the And dementors... supposedly died there, right? Yeah, like, his mom died in his place.
0: So the Dementors can recognize like, and identify individual souls. And p- perhaps they know that they have interacted with him before. But
1: I don't think they can, though. Because the whole point is that when the mom switched places, like, Sirius doesn't, isn't his line like, the Dementors can't see, like, you replace oh. one sad soul with another sad soul and they don't know the difference.
0: Okay, so then they then the Dementor is not acting on orders here. The Dementor is just, like, just feeding like, off of a sad yeah, soul. I th-
1: yeah, that's my... I mean, my thing about them being petty is probably not the case, but <laughs> no, yeah. yeah,
0: Yeah, okay, sure. And I guess it's just, like, yeah, like, I guess his soul is so, like, damaged that, like, the Dementor can't even, like, hold back.
1: Yeah, well, okay, so... Barty Crouch Jr. has killed people, so his soul theoretically should be fractured, right? It should be, like, multiple pieces. So I wonder if that's, like, more... Appealing. Like, enticing to the Dementors.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, they always talk about the reason the Dementors are, like, attracted to Harry because... Or that Harry's more affected by them because of his past and stuff. And so I think that, like, that is one option for maybe, like, a Dementor, like... There's more grief to feed off of, but I think yeah. also, yeah, like, the, like, something sinister
1: about the soul. Well, because Harry also had a piece of Voldemort's soul yeah, in Harry him. Yeah, Harry had so His soul was soul also, fracture. there were two pieces to the soul yeah. inside of Harry. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Interesting. I, uh, so the, the first time we recorded this, we had witty banter about whether or not when somebody is, their soul is sucked out of them are they, like, technically still alive? Because they always just refer to it as a fate worse than death. Oh, like, yeah. Like, after this happened, did somebody have to, like, chop Go and kill. like chop off Barty Crouch Jr.'s head? You know, <laughs> to, like, kill the body? What did we... I think you said that they're dead. I think I said they're dead. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm not convinced
0: because oh i said they're dead
1: because when
0: Sirius is like about mm. to have his soul sucked out in yeah prisoner and Harry saves him like Sirius is like in like a coma like he's like yeah he oh. is near death
1: i definitely think that they would be like minimum in a coma but, yeah. like, at the end of the day, is, like, blood still being circulated around their body? I think
0: that we are meant to believe in this universe that uh, there is no life without a soul. Mm. Um, but... And that
1: would make sense. I mean, the importance of souls is yeah. obviously, like,
0: huge.
1: Especially yeah, because, in Deathly Hallows.
0: Yeah, because Voldemort does always need to keep a bit of soul with him. And, like, you know, yeah. like his it's like kind of the reverse thing that happens to him where like his soul survives but his body dies but then he's able to like build a body around that piece of soul
1: mm, yeah like
0: when he kills her or when he tries to kill harry so i feel like we're meant i feel like in like i feel like canon is supposed to be that a soul is like the key defining like necessary and sufficient for life that was how yeah. we would say it like in in science like we talked about is something necessary so like is it required is a soul required to be alive and then is it sufficient if you have a soul are you alive and mm-hmm. I feel like yes to
1: both yeah oh la- when we t- spoke about this last time you had said that you thought that like a big part of this was that like In this universe, the afterlife is supposed to be, Mm. like, a big, you know. Not a big thing, but, like, a thing. And you had mentioned that you think that if somebody doesn't have a soul, they don't. Like, there is no afterlife for them. And that's why, like, it's referred to as, like, worse than death. Which I could buy because not only do we see, like, actual ghosts within the, like, Harry Potter universe. We also see, like, multiple times throughout the series, like apparitions of dead people like being yeah. fully like conscious like in this book like yeah. just the last chapter we saw like James and Lily able to have a conversation with Harry like and be fully like I know what's going on like I'm present in this I, moment yeah even
0: though that's their child that they haven't seen for 13 years yeah. they, like know that that
1: is their yeah. child and that and he's obviously, now 14 or whatever Later, with the resurrection stone, the same thing happens. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying like these are two like extraordinary events when Harry sees these things, but it's still something that is like prevalent within the story is like dead people yeah. having some sort of like life and consciousness
0: after yes. death. Well, yeah, yes, I think I agree. Thank you for bringing up that wonderful point <laughs> I made two weeks ago. Um, but yeah, I think it's like. It's called a fate worse than death. Not because you go on living in some way and you need to be killed afterwards, but because, like, your soul is taken. So, like, it's kind of like purgatory, maybe, or, Mm. like, or even, I don't even know if it's purgatory, it might be the opposite of purgatory, where, like, you're just, like, complete black, like, done. Mm. Whereas with death, you can go on to an afterlife, and, like, it's implied that in the afterlife, you can still observe what's going on. Yeah. (laughs) currently I don't know. <laughs> in the living world no. um so i think i think that's why maybe it's a fate oh yeah
1: and another thing like the veil is you know always yeah. spoke about as like kind of this like in window in between the two worlds which yeah. obviously implies that there is another, is another world. world yeah for sure mm. okay Blackout good deep. i feel like we
0: really worked that out
1: yeah <laughs> um
0: Good reasoning. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. Dementor sucks out Crouch's soul. uh, And Fudge is like... Sorry, I keep wanting to say Fudge for Crouch and Crouch for Fudge. It's like I feel like I always do Dumbledore and Voldemort mixed up. And I always do Fudge and Crouch mixed up. I don't know Mm. why. I know that those are all very different people. Um, Dumbledore explains to Fudge... That this is a problem because Fudge is like I don't see what the problem is. He, you said that he was guilty. He would have got the Dementors kiss anyway. Um, why are we shouting about this? And Dumbledore's like, Barty Crouch Junior was our only person to give testimony that he was acting on Voldemort's orders and that the Lord Voldemort has returned. He was like he is responsible for this and he, we like have him as a witness. Um, The only other witness is this, like, 14-year-old kid. Um, And, like, even, like, Harry saw Voldemort return, but he didn't, like, he can't testify to the fact that Crouch was acting on Voldemort's orders. Yeah. Uh, Because, basically, Fudge just believes, like, he says, you're delusional. Voldemort hasn't returned because Fudge didn't get to hear Crouch's testimony. (laughs) And he says that, like... Even if he thought he was acting on Voldemort's orders, he wasn't. Like, this man was also delusional. As are you. You're all delusional. Yeah. But really, Fudge is the only delusional one.
1: Yeah. And I think that even if Crouch had heard... Or no, if you made me do it. Sorry. (laughs) Fudge had heard Crouch's testimony... I still think that Fudge is delusional enough that he would not have yeah, believed him, would not have, like, supported Dumbledore for all of the things that we're about to get to that Dumbledore asked him to do yeah. to prepare for Voldemort coming back.
0: Uh, yeah, I think we often point at this and we're like, oh, if Fudge had only not brought the yeah. Dementor. But, like, I think... That's not really a great excuse, because I think Fudge would have found a way to not believe or to not work with Dumbledore.
1: Yeah. I think that he would have just said, like, that Crouch believed he was working on Voldemort's orders. Like, that doesn't mean that he actually was. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um... So like we were just kind of talking around, Dumbledore goes on to explain that Voldemort has come back, that Barty Crouch had done all of this on his orders, the whole point of like, Harry being in the Triwizard Tournament, blah, 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 was to get Voldemort back, blah, 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 blah. Um, Crouch like was smuggled out of Azkaban, um, you know, that whole story. Uh, Fudge... Wants to talk to Harry. And Dumbledore is like. Sorry you can't talk to him tonight. He's been through quite the ordeal. You know. Give him some time. And. Dumbledore says. Fudge is kind of like. And you believe Harry. Like Harry's your. Your. um, What is it? Source for all of these things. Um, and he seems to have kind of like. A weird. Grin on his face, and Harry is like, "Oh, you've been reading Rita Skeeter, haven't you?" And this is the
0: first hair Everyone thinks Harry's asleep this whole time. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's like,
1: pipes up. Yeah. Um. And Fudge is like, "I have actually, and you've been keeping some things from me, Dumbledore, about the state of the boy." The fact that he can speak parcel tongue, the fact that his scar still hurts and causes him to like pass out and have hallucinations, like how can we trust this person? And I'm ranting about this the first time and I'm going to rant about it again because I think it's well known within listeners, if you've been listening to this for a long time, that I have hardcore beef. With Gilderoy Lockhart. (laughs) That I think he's the worst character in the series. And I think a lot of times Gilderoy Lockhart is seen as kind of like a frivolous, like funny antagonist. Kind of like annoying obstacle. Where I do not see him that way. And I think that Rita Skeeter kind of gets this same treatment. She's seen as kind of like this quirky... Um, like, big character, but is seen as more of, like, a roadblock as opposed to, like, an actual, like, sinister villain throughout the series and I think that we should change that narrative around Rita Skeeter because I think that she contributed so much you know how we just said that Fudge wasn't going to believe Crouch no matter what and probably would have gone on this crusade against Harry no matter what but the fact that he had these things in his arsenal to throw at Harry that Rita Skeeter provided him with and the fact that Rita Skeeter had been like discrediting harry and the people around him kind of all year this year yeah i think really contributed to how much the wizarding world turned their back on him in order of the phoenix um and plus like she just said like terrible things about hermione and harry and hagrid and was just like like she's not some like fun quirky yeah, telling, like, the, telling the hard Like truths, gossip, like, yeah. yeah. Like she's not, she actually like did real harm to real people. Right. And not yeah. only did she like cause mind to get hate mail, like I think she contributed to what happens in Order of the Phoenix and Nobody Believing Harry and the Rise of Voldemort mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah, I think certainly. she played a big part in it. Anyways, um, Dumbledore explains to Fudge that, like, he thinks that Harry's scar hurt, hurting more frequently this year. And it all means that, like, like Dumbledore tries to kind of, like, spin it as, like, Harry's scar hurting isn't this, like, crazy thing. It's because Voldemort is coming back that Harry is scar, scar is yeah. hurting. Um, it's, like, because he's feeling more emotions, he's, like, starting to become more cognizant, like, that kind of thing. And then Harry starts to name Death Eaters and everybody he named were people who had been like previously suspected of being Death Eaters. Like I think he mentioned like Crabbe, Goyle, Malfoy, McNair, maybe Uh, a couple of other people I don't quite remember.
0: Yeah.
1: Let me see. Uh, Let me pull it up. Um, And he, and Fudge is like. You're just naming names from previous, like from last time. Like you could have just found all of this in like public record or whatever. Um, um, he, he also says Avery and not. I was gonna say Avery, um, and then Fudge is like, and plus with the incident last year, like I don't think I can like I don't think this boy is credible. And um, Fudge refuses to believe that Voldemort has anything has returned, um, and you know we have this chapter made me really anti-Fudge. Not that I's not that I have ever been like pro-Fudge, <laughs> but I think that Order of the Phoenix and like this chapter in Goblet of Fire, it's just like so frustrating yeah. um, to to hear these things when, like, we know, quoting, like, what happened, and I think that there are some, like, other parallels I'm gonna bring into, like, real life, but, like, politicians refusing to, like, believe facts yeah, is something that, like, happens today in real life, and so, like, Hearing it in this book and in this story and in this context, it's just like so frustrating because we know it's obvious.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that I think that this book or this series and has good commentary on the fact that, like. There are, like, in politics, you can have, like, actual bad actors and people who Mm. are acting evilly, right? Like, so, like, in, I mean, I think it's no secret, (laughs) the two of us are politics. So, like, we think about, like, you know, people who are actively seeking out, trying to ban abortions and trying to stop immigrants from coming to the United States or, like, treating immigrants, putting kids in cages and, like whatever is actively seeking out preventing trans kids from playing sports like those those people who are like active bad actors um and then you have people who are incompetent and like it's like incompetent and like i can't think of the other word for it just like they're like in denial and they just Mm. it shows that like both bad actors and just these incompetent people who just sit back and let things happen like are both bad politicians for different reasons and like i think you see like fudge is one of these people who like i don't think he's an evil person like he doesn't want voldemort to take control but because of his denial of fact and so you think about like you know people that deny climate change is happening because they just can't affect can't face the facts Like, Fudge is, like, one of those people, and, like, he still has really detrimental effects to the fight. Like, even if you are not acting negatively, if you are not acting positively, you are hindering the fight. You know what I mean?
1: Well, yeah, you just have to think that, like, if Fudge had reacted to this differently, or if he had had some sort of a spine, you know, like, the events of Order of the Phoenix would not have happened with, like, Dolores Umbridge, like, coming to school and, like causing real harm to you know harry and the people there and like whatever whatever she did in the order of the phoenix would not have happened if fudge had not happened you know what i mean like those people like they they work in conjunction with each other like you were saying you know yeah and i agree with you i think that this series in general like now specifically a lot of the like wider themes about like love and acceptance and you know is like is are one of the, the are some of the themes that get brought up a lot from this book. Yeah. But I also think that commentaries on power um, you know, with the dichotomy of, like, Fudge and Dumbledore, and, you know, how we always hear, like, Dumbledore saying, like, the people who are best suited for power are the people who don't, like, who never sought who it Don't out. want it, yeah. I, yeah, I think the, like, commentaries on power, like, what it does to people, seeing how it corrupted Voldemort, um, I also think is, like, a very interesting and, like, poignant, overarching thing yeah. throughout the series as well. Um... Anyways, so where I was going in the beginning about criticizing Fudge, this chapter, I do have to say that the first chapter of Half-Blood Prince, The Other Minister, is like one of my all-time favorite chapters in the series. Again, if you've listened to this podcast for any time, you've probably heard me say that. And Fudge is such a sympathetic character in that chapter to me. Um and so it's, like, it's very interesting to me because he gets very little character development between, like, the end of Five and beginning of Six, right? Yeah, like, he's we, not, yeah, Like, the last time we see him is, like, him seeing Voldemort and being like, shit, yeah. I fucked up. And then Six, like, I am, like, instantly back to, like, I'm endeared by him. I, like, feel sympathetic to, like, what he went through. Mm-hmm. And so it's really interesting to kind of go back and... In the moment, come back to like when he's actively being a terrible person and very harmful. It's just it's very interesting to me. Um, So then Dumbledore starts giving his marching orders to Fudge. He says that Fudge should remove the Death Eaters from Garden Azkaban at once. He should send envoys to the Giants to get them on their side. And um Fudge refuses to do either of these things. Um Fudge says like the deaf eaters are the only thing keeping us safe. Or sorry, the dementors. I think I said deaf eaters before too. Because that's what's in my notes. <laughs> Death eaters and, and I dementors, said this last time. fudge and crouch. Oh my god. Um and I'm I, I made the same mistake last time because literally I have written in my notes remove the deaf eaters from Garden <laughs> Um remove the Dementors from Garden Azkaban. And Fudge is like, no, the Dementors are the only thing, like, keeping us safe, like, making people feel like they can fall asleep at night. And Dumbledore is like, okay, well, like, they will join Voldemort's side. Um, And he says that he should send envoys the Giants because the last time Voldemort got the Giants on his side and they could be, like, a big asset in the coming war to, you know, get the Giants on their side. And then Dumbledore just drops some like bangers in this section. He says, You are blinded by the love of the office you hold um, when talking to Fudge, which is just like so true. Fudge loves nothing more than being minister of magic, just the title. Yeah. And it's like one of those situations where like he will hold on to it so tight that like he will die with it in his arms, like kind of thing. Like yeah. he will run it to the ground rather yeah. than give it up. Because he says, like, I can't do those things. The people will, will like hate have me, my but head. turn on me. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's like, well what what's more important?
1: Like the people.
0: <laughs> or the fact that like they won't like you anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um And then he, Dumbledore, also drops this quote, which I think I referred to in the beginning of this episode. Yeah, (laughs) I'm pretty sure you That that is, like, I think, you know, very applicable and very resonant to this time, especially within the Harry Potter community and fandom. Um, He says, it matters not what somebody is born, but what they grow to be. And I think that that could be applied for the author's you know current stance on people in the trans community um and i think that it's just like so insane to me that somebody that holds the beliefs that she does could write something not only this quote in particular but like how i mentioned before like there's such a big theme of like acceptance and she's you know, more accepting of fucking
0: giants than she is of she is. And it's like. Of it's, real human beings.
1: Like. Yeah. And sometimes like when I actually sit down and think about it and like think about all of the people who have like, you know, people who are part of the trans community, people who are part of the LGBTQ community, people who are just part of like oppressed minority communities have like found love and acceptance within this series. Like, I like it just, it really, it really just blows my mind sometimes when I think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that the person who created this can have, like, such, like, harmful and, you know, terrible views on something that she, like, has written about in, like, such positive ways. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's very confusing to me. Yeah. For sure. <clears throat> um But, yeah. So, like, Fudge, like you mentioned before, Fudge refuses all of these suggestions. And dumbledore says like all right fudge then you have the choice right now history will remember you as the man who stepped aside and allowed Voldemort a second chance to destroy the world um and then dumbledore says like oh what was the quote well then like i think it's time for the parting of the ways or something like that yeah um but he says that that end of story he says the name of the chapter title which i always think is very interesting to point out because some of them are very poignant and some of them are owl post again so you never know what you're gonna get the chapter title (laughs) uh uh, if your determination to shut
0: your eyes will carry you as far as this cornelius we have reached a parting of the ways you must Mm. act as you see fit and i i shall act as i see fit
1: yeah Um, So this, like, officially, not only does this kind of, like, mark the um, parting of, like, Dumbledore and Fudge and those two ideologies, like, this is really, like, the beginning of the end for, like, Dumbledore's time at Hogwarts as Mm -hmm. well. Like, he's, like, basically parting ways with, like, his position of power, almost. Like, within, you know, he goes on to lead the Order of the Phoenix. So, like, obviously, he still has power in that way. Um, But he knows this is going to jeopardize his, yeah, his
0: formal position. Because, yeah, Fudge said something about he'll have no choice to intervene. So, yeah, and, like,
1: um, earlier in this book, in one of the flashbacks, we hear, forget who it was, we hear somebody talking about how, like, the whole conversation of, like, why didn't Dumbledore run for Minister of Magic is brought up in this book, right? Mm-hmm. And we learn that Fudge writes to Dumbledore quite a bit, gets a lot of advice from Dumbledore, mm-hmm. and so, like, Dumbledore also loses, like, Fudge kind of as a puppet for him in, like, yeah. that power. Um And then Fudge is like, you know, Dumbledore, I've always given you a lot of freedom about what is taught and what goes on here. Like, not a lot of other ministers would have let you, like, hire Hagrid and keep him on or hire Lupin. And, like, that might have to change. And I think that that's, you know, obviously a clear (laughs) foreshadowing for what happens in the next book. When there is ministry intervention at Hogwarts and we see how, like, harmful governments getting involved in what's taught in schools can be you know again mm-hmm. another parallel to the real world with you know the current book bannings and you know rewriting APUS history textbooks yes uh, what, it, what is it called teaching about race what's it, what that called Critical race theory. Critical race theory. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. Sorry, I just could not think of the name. <laughs> yeah, escaping me for a moment. Um. Yeah. Anyways. Um. So then, like Snape has kind of like heard enough. He's been sitting through all of this like really fairly quietly, and he like runs up to Fudge, pulls up his arm sleeve. He doesn't pull up his arm. He pulls up his sleeve <laughs> and shows him the dark mark, and is like this has shown up again, and it, I felt it burn tonight. Like, that is how Voldemort, like, calls to his followers. Mm-hmm. And Fudge is just kind of, like, disgusted. And Snape goes on to say, like, why do you think Karkaroff fled tonight? Like, you think that was just a coincidence? No, he felt the call to Voldemort and ran. Um, And Fudge just kind of, like, ignores this. I also, like, so at this point, I think in one of the, like, like, pensive trips, Harry has already learned that, like, Snape was 100% a yeah. death
0: eater at one yeah. point, right? Because I think it's he sees the one where, like, Barty Coe Jr. says Snape's name, and Dumbledore's like, yeah. I, yes, but I have yeah, that yeah. Yeah.
1: Because, like, before then, I think it was just, like, Snape is a bad guy. Yeah, maybe. yes. Yeah. yeah. So... Okay, so...
0: um, Crouch's response to Snape's big reveal (laughs) is that Dumbledore and his whole staff are delusional, and he goes to leave. And he's, like, halfway at the door, when he turns back, and he drops a thousand galleons on Harry's lap, and he says, These are your winnings. There was supposed to be a ceremony, but given the circumstances. And this is just, like so oh it's like disgusting right i mean like it's just insensitive
1: i know i brought this up last time so i want to bring it up again but like the amount yeah a thousand like, galleons
0: that's a lot, a lot of money
1: but is... even if we conservatively know, like, say
0: a galleon is ten dollars like ten dollars ten yeah. thousand dollars
1: yeah, and I know, like, it's talked about, like, Fred and George, obviously, and Ron, like, there are discussions at the beginning of book, of the book where it's, like, 10,000 galleons. But, like, he, the the concept of that amount of money and, like, thinking about fudge, like, actively just, like, dropping that amount of yeah, money. Yeah, why did they just 14-year-olds operate? 14-year-olds laugh. They just operate only in cash. <laughs> that is true. And it's not even, like, paper. It's, like, literal metal. Like,
0: I feel like the way that, like, the wizarding money system works is, like, how kids think that banking works. Like, you go to Gringotts mm. and, like, all of the physical money is just in the vault. Is there. Like, that's not yeah. how banking works. It's not like I can, like, go no. to my bank and be like, hi, yes, I would like to see all of my money stacked up. Like, but that is, like, I feel like how kids, a like, imagine <laughs> banking works. Like, when I was a kid and my mom, yeah. we would, like, go to the bank and I would just imagine them like going into a little thing and getting out like a twenty dollar. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, that's like so true. Yeah, I've never thought about that. Like Green Gods actually just like has like bolts full of like the actual money. Yeah. <laughs> that seems like
0: So dumb. And like if you ever I, if like, you run out of money, like you like you have to go to Gringotts. I know it's, like, not hard to go there because you're a wizard and you can operate or whatever, but, like, you have to physically go. And I know this is, like, right, we live in a society now where we have, like, credit cards and debit cards and and online banking and checks. But, like, checks have been a thing for a while, right? Like,
1: Well, and, like, and getting paid, how does that work? Like, let's say I, you know, because, like, with direct deposits now, it can be, like, I want 20% of my paycheck to go into my yeah. checking account or my, to my savings account and 80% to go into my checking account. Can, like, I say that if I'm working in the Wizarding world? Like, no, it's all I don't want to count. Let's say my paycheck is, like, 200 galleons, or that's a lot, but, like, 20 galleons or whatever. Like, can you go and put 10 in my vault at Green Gods and then give me 10? Or do you have
0: to, like you know, like, on payday, you pick up your little pouch of 20 galleons, and then you have to go to bring up, like, it's so dumb.
1: Like, I guess the only thing that you could say is that, like, because the, like, supposedly galleons are, like, actual gold, that, like, the money, like, the concept of money goes back to, like, longer ago. The actual value of the the metal. The actual thing that we were trading had value, not just, like, an imposed value. But it still doesn't really make whole sense. No, it doesn't. Anyway, um,
0: Dumbledore then turns to everyone else. Crouch is gone, and Dumbledore says, Molly, can I count? I assume I can count on you and Arthur for your support. She's like, yeah, of course. Arthur hates fudge. We know that he hasn't made it that far because he's a muggle lover. And Bill's like... And, and so Dumbledore's like, I have to get an, a message to Arthur immediately so that he can start gathering the support of people that work at the ministry that they can trust, like, kind of discreet, because it'll be bad if Fudge sees Dumbledore intervening. Um, so Bill's like, yeah, I'll go, I'll go tell Dad. Um, and he goes and fills Arthur in on everything that has happened. Next, Dumbledore says McGonagall to get Hagrid, and if she will come, Madame Maxime to meet them in his office we know this is the first one of the things that he told fudge to do is send an envoy to the giants um and then he which like kindness of dumbledore's heart he says to madame pomfrey will you go check on winky um Mm -hmm. there's a house there's a house elf in this office named winky i'm i think she'll be in a state um And uh, just like go console her, give her a sleeping potion or something, and uh, our friend Dobby will help take care of her. Then he says, Oh, it's now time for two of our number to see each other. And Dumbledore turns to the dog and he says, Reveal yourself. And Sirius turns into a person, and Molly screams, (laughs) It's Sirius Black. And Ron goes, Mom, chill basically. I don't know what he says, but I think he says, Mom, it's okay. But basically, Mom, chill.
1: yeah. Um. Yeah. Like, get a grip. Come Snape on.
0: sort of, like, snarls, and it's unclear if he's, like, yeah, I have to now acknowledge the fact that this is serious Black, or he's, like, surprised?
1: Didn't know? Yeah. Unclear. Well, like, Snape knew about them being anime guy, yes. right? Yes. Like, and he saw him school. in Oh, no, he was knocked
0: out last year when Sirius was in dog form.
1: So, like, maybe he didn't know, like, what the dog... But, like, why then why would there be a dog? Yeah. Like, he,
0: he, he knew, knew it was
1: Sirius. He knew, yeah.
0: So Dumbledore's like, I know you guys don't like each other, but you're on the same side now, and, like, this is war. Um, so he says they have to shake hands. Um <laughs> And that he trusts them both, and they need to trust each other. And they like barely shake hands. And Dumbledore's like, "All right, I guess that's good enough."
1: <laughs> so dramatic.
0: And so then Dumbledore says to Sirius um, to go round up the old crowd, so like the old order of the Phoenix. He mentions Lupin, Dung, and Arabella Thig by name, and he mm. says to just start getting people together, let them know we're gonna we're gonna reboot. Um, and you can lay low at Lupin's for a while, wink, wink.
1: Who, who else from the old order do they get back? Because, like Kingsley's new, Kingsley's right? New. Like Tonks, is Moody, but new. Moody's right there. Moody's right there, yeah. Um, like, um, who are the two other Ministry people that come with like them in order? Oh,
0: there's a woman. Yeah, I don't remember their names. Neither do I.
1: Oh, well. <laughs> I'm trying to think back to the photo. Like, is that all? Like, did he literally oh, name, like, cause all of them? because, like, a lot of them died. Yeah, a lot of them did die. Or, like, Peter, obviously, is not on the table anymore. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Um. So then Dumbledore... Neither are the Longbottoms. Yeah, long yeah, the Longbottoms are dead. Yeah,
1: well, the bottoms are dead. Well, the Longbottoms aren't dead, but... Well, oh, yes. Maybe they dead. have the yes. fate worse than death, Obviously, yes. Out of, like, speaking
0: about the Dementor's yeah. kiss. Um, okay, so then Dumbledore turns to, so Sirius leaves, Dumbledore turns to Snape, and he says, you know what I must ask you to do. Um, I mean, I guess in this moment, like, the reader doesn't actually know, like, they don't explain anything, but Mm -hmm. Snape says he is ready, um, and Dumbledore says, good luck, and then Snape leaves. Obviously, we know that this is Snape returning to Voldemort to ask for his forgiveness, for not showing up immediately. It's, like, so And, like, this is the start of Snape being a double agent again. Like, Snape has to go prepare his mind so that Voldemort can't legitimate him and know that he's still working for Dumbledore. Um, it's just, like, crazy. Like, I'm sure, like, obviously Snape has known this whole year that Voldemort is on his way back, so he's been preparing himself, but it's just, like... Oh, it's crazy. And and I think we're meant to presume that, like, they've had a conversation. Dumbledore and Snape have had conversations over the co- course of this year like about this. Like, how to go about this. But, um, yeah, this is, like, I think this is, like, Snape's bravest moment.
1: I mean, yeah, like, he could have shown up and, like, been killed. Like, on I sight. think this is
0: braver than when he dies, Yeah. Because when he, when Voldemort kills him, he's, like, he knows that he's done his job and it's the end.
1: Yeah.
0: And he knows that, like... But this is, like, him choosing to start. This is him choosing to start. Basically. Basically, yeah. And I think, and and I think it's interesting because I think it's even braver than the first time he goes to Dumbledore for help because in that moment he is motivated by something. Whatever we think that he feels for Lily, like, he's compelled by something. But in this, like, he's still just acting off of that, like, compulsion like years and years ago which like he could just ignore he could he could go back to voldemort he could you know like he has a choice right here he could run away like like, carcass but he like chooses to stick it out and i think whatever you want to say about snape that's pretty good pretty good character trait
1: and we've said we've said about we've said it all
0: all. (laughs) um okay so then dumbledore leaves to go see the diggories because yeah also that happened tonight Mm. Um, And he tells Harry to take the rest of his potion. Mrs. Weasley tells him to think about something else. What you're going to do with your winnings. And Harry says he doesn't want it. And then he, like, starts to, it starts to really, really hit him. Um, And, like, he confesses that he told Cedric to take the cup with him. And, like, he's confessing his, like, perceived guilt, which it's not. But he feels the guilt. Um, and he's like, wishes Ron wouldn't look at him, because he's sobbing now. And Mrs. Weasley hugs him, quote, like, he had no memory of being hugged like this, as though by a mother. It's like, oh my god. There's so much in that quote that's devastating.
1: <laughs> yeah. I um Just quickly, on this Cedric note, just because I know I made this point the first time we recorded, that I think that, like, this tragedy and, like, the way that it affects Harry, I think is, like, so, like, forgotten and overshadowed by a lot of the things that, like, not only happened to Harry, like, subsequent to this, but also, like, before, mm. like, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to make any, like, sweeping generalizations about, like, trauma and, like, compare two different traumatic events to having an effect on people, but, like... You know, Harry's parents dying in front of him is something that's, like, always brought up. And, like, obviously that affected him. Like, mm-hmm. I think it affected him in that way, but it also affected him that he had to go with the Dursleys, right? But, like, this is the first time he, like, he sees Thestrals after yeah. this. He didn't see Thestrals before this, right? This is the first time he literally, like... Sees experiences like feels guilty about somebody else's death and this will not be the last time he feels guilty about somebody else's death being his fault right and you know we don't really get much mention of Cedric after this like at the beginning of Order we hear that like Dudley's making fun of him for like moaning Cedric's name in his sleep or whatever Um, your boyfriend Um, but I think that like I think Obviously, I have a soft spot in my heart for Cedric and always will. I do think that he gets the short end of stick in a lot of ways throughout the yeah. series. Um, and I think that, like, him and what he was to Harry and, like, what this did to Harry is also something that's kind of, like, forgotten in a lot of ways. Yeah, for sure. And curse Child didn't help. Okay? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. I don't have anything to add to that, but I think that's a good point. Um, so, Harry's getting this wonderful hug, and Hermione ruins the moment by making, like, she, like, slams something on the windowsill. This is the instant that she catches Rita Skeeter, which, like, good thing she gets her now, because yeah, she would have gone and published this whole thing. <laughs> but she definitely yeah. would have, like, published it in favor of fudge, so. Um, yeah,
1: Who knows what she would have said, honestly. Like, what would have been the headline for this story Dumbledore about this delusional night. like Dumbledore Harry Potter Dumbledore it's delusional like like I feel like she would have tried to Serious Black them in the events. Oh yeah.
0: Like she saw so Like she would have implicated Snape the Death them Eater like
1: in what happened. Yeah. Like she would have tried to put the blame on like Dumbledore or Snape or Sirius yeah. probably for like Cedric and everything. Yeah.
0: Cedric Diggory murdered, like yeah. Yikes. Um, so good job, Hermione. Harry takes the potion and he goes to sleep. The end. Not actually the end of the book, but <laughs> No, there's one
1: more chapter? Yeah, it's just I think it's just Oh, what's is, is it? It's like the last chapter at the beginning of the end. Is that what it the is? The beginning.
0: Oh. So the last chapter has like um you know, when the they all leave like the other schools leave yeah. and taking the when, thing um, back.
1: Crumb gives Hermione his like yeah. phone number, basically. Um
0: They remember remember Cedric Diggory.
1: Mm, yeah, that's Yeah.
0: And Harry gives the the money to the twins.
1: Um I think that like obviously the end of Goblet of Fire, like You know, we just said that there's another chapter. But obviously the end of Goblet of Fire is, like, such a turning point in the series, right? We always point to, like, Goblet of Fire kind of being that, like, changing point. Mm -hmm. Like, the end of it or, you know, basically the events of the third task and on. The series is vastly different than it was before those things happened. Mm -hmm. And it's always, like, funny to me that in the movies they did this in such a heavy-handed way. Like, Hermione literally says, like... Nothing's like everything's, everything's changed now, hasn't yeah, yet? or something like that. <laughs> yeah, which like I get. Obviously, they're movies. Um, speaking of, do we want to do a quick um acknowledgement of the? I oh, the, the series. Yeah, did you see that HBO's announced? I I don't know if this was like fake, but I saw somewhere that they like have basically said that it's going to be a ten year at, like, 10-year-old adaptation. Oh, I didn't see that. That they're, like, they're not only committing to, like... Because, you know, normally when you create something, you're, like, we'll commit to one season. Like, it seems like they are committed to, like, all seven books, however many seasons they're gonna do for the adaptation. Which, like, I get it's Harry Potter. Like, if you're wanting you like that's one of the few properties on the planet that I think you could just go ahead and be like yeah I'm gonna guarantee I'll do yeah, all of it at this point sure. but it's crazy
0: yeah no it is crazy I I saw like because they like released the little teaser thing and it was like it just had like the shots of the candles and maybe of the castle and it had like the John Williams yeah. theme and someone was like so is this just the same thing but new actors like yeah it, I mean, I, I think it. I think that they may probably like haven't just haven't even started production. But it was just weird oh, yeah, that definitely. they like. It, somebody was like critiquing. They were like, "What like, what's going to be? T- <laughs> what's the point?"
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, obviously, like a I TV series that... will go into a lot more detail because yeah. um, just there'll be so much more time for them to like actually do the things that the movies didn't have time to do. So.
1: I think that, you know, obviously there's going to be lots of thoughts about this, and you know, J.K. Rowling is obviously still involved, which is such a shame at this point um, that, like, she continues to, like, have such a, like, black stain and tarnish on something that, like, not only matters a lot to, like, me, and I would generally normally be, like, so so thrilled and excited for this. I feel like she's ruined it for so many people. But if I'm going to, like, set that aside for just one moment and talk about the whole, just the concept of a remake, um, it will be very interesting to see, like, kind of what you're saying. Like, I think, like, what they keep and what they don't keep in terms of, like, sets, the design of Hogwarts. Yeah. The John Williams theme, like, is that going to be involved? Like, right. obviously HBO has the rights to the movies at this point, so they they really can just reuse everything. Yeah. Um, And I also saw something, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this. Somebody was like, I can't believe they're doing this. Like, they could never recast Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Like, Rupert Grant, Emma Watson, and Dan Radcliffe will, like, always, like, I won't watch anything that they're not in. And, like, while I feel that in some way, like, obviously they are, like, such integral parts to, like, not only the Harry Potter movies, but, like, the Harry Potter, like, fandom in general. Like, they're not like there are some other characters and actors that I would be like say were more iconic like McGonagall whoever is gonna play Snape yeah. like <sighs> yeah I think or even Dumbledore I think Snape really I and, think, I'm less attached to Dumbledore because the yeah, two actors, the actors
0: but yeah characters. I think that's big shoes to fill with Alan Rickman yeah. and then I think McGonagall is the other one I for mean me. most
1: like. A lot of... And it'll be curious kind of what route they go with the actors in general. Because obviously for the movies, for the adults, they went like iconic Iconic, British actors. And for the kids, it was definitely more unknown. So I wonder kind of like what route they'll take with the cast. And I'm sure it'll Um, be,
0: you know, like... You know, maybe the first three seasons and they might change actors. Like... Yeah. I just... Here's my thing, I think it, and it ties into the actor thing because I think I do kind of agree with the trio thing, like i it will be really weird for me, um, yeah, but my thing in general is that I think it's too soon, like I think I, you they needed to wait like a another generation because I think the generation of people that stream things probably most is mm-hmm. like millennials and Gen Z's and we're the ones that grew up like millennials and millennials and like the beginning of Gen Z like remember when the movies were released and millennials are the ones that grew up remembering when the books were released and like and I guess beginning of Gen Z if you call us Gen Z like I remember book releases but I just think that they needed to wait until like where like in like our 40s to 50s because I think you need I think you need another generation of kids that have like read the books and seen the movies but like look at the movies and they're like what the fuck is this like this is so like outdated like but right now I think they aren't outdated enough Like, yes, there's stuff that's, like, bad about the special effects, especially in the early ones, but we still have too much nostalgia, I think, for those, and we, like, grew up with those that I think, I think it just, I think they needed to wait, and I think if they waited, it would be different with actors and everything, but, um, I don't know. That's my take, and, like, that doesn't, that doesn't mean I'm, like, against it. Obviously, yeah, I'm, like, way less excited about this because it's so caught up in The author and and the fact that anything with this with harry potter slapped on it is making her money and like that's a lot to unpack um but yeah yeah so it's a bummer that i'm don't even really feel that excited but even if that you take that out of it i'm still just kind of skeptical i just think it's too soon
1: yeah, no, I definitely agree with you, like, when, because the whole, like, un, like, an HBO remake has, like, been in the... Talks. In the talks. I mean, in, like, the rumors yeah. for, what, like, a couple years yeah. now at this point, for sure. right? Um And then, was it, like, early last week, like, people were like, it's happening, mm-hmm. and I was like, I still don't believe it, like, I still am so skeptical, I, like... I was like, it's not gonna happen. I'll believe it when I see it. And then literally the next day it was like made official yeah. and I was like I was shocked. I was yeah. shocked. I think that it's too soon. And I also think that like this is the last thing I'll say on this, because I know like this episode's already really <laughs> long as it is right now. But with the Harry Potter adaptation, it like I think it obviously started the this whole like book adaptation like trend. Yeah. Right, like obviously, book to movie adaptations have always been a thing, but you know, after Harry Potter, it was Twilight, it it was The Breaking Up of the Second, the last movie, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like it was such a like huge part of like cinema history, and like I feel yeah, like
0: like late aughts, yeah, like
1: just like pop culture. culture, like yeah, yeah. But I think that it also like because it went on for so long like when the first couple came out it was like oh my god this like book to movie adaptation thing is crazy and the craze started but like by the end it was like it kind of tail ended so close to like tv series to book adaptations that like I feel like (sighs) Like, if we had not gotten movies and just gotten a TV series off of the bat, yeah. is what I'm saying, yeah. I think it could have been, like, incredible. And I know we've talked about this before, but the fact that they're making it so soon, I think is, like, indicative of that, like, they know that they missed out on that at the beginning. Like, if uh, they had yeah. just gotten a TV offer yeah, for the beginning. That but was so different, like, then. You no, know, all the books weren't yeah. out then, like... Yeah, I mean, I get it. I get it. Um, I will say. And obviously, the answer is money. The answer yes, is money. That's why they're yes. doing it.
0: But. I will say it is better than um, getting more movies.
1: Yes, I definitely agree. I'm like mostly at this point in this, I'm just like so curious. As to what they're...
0: It's going to be, like, huge when they announce who's playing Harry. And, like, obviously they're going to be, like, little kids to start. But, yeah, when they cast the adults and then, like, when you get the second round of actors or the aged-up actors, like, are they going to go for somebody people know? Are they going to go for... I Like, it might be better to just go for anonymous because you don't need actors that people know to get people to watch because it's Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. And also, like... I will have an easier time accepting someone that's not Daniel Radcliffe as Harry Potter if it's somebody it's that I've never, met. I, I can't, you know, someone yeah. that I'm not like. Oh, they played this person, you know?
1: Yeah. Okay. Wait. So two two things. Let's get on the books on the record. I don't know.
0: You're gonna ask who? When? Oh.
1: When? When are we looking at a premiere date for something of this size? Do you? Think?
0: Oh, I don't know. i don't know anything about production (laughs) and i also haven't read that much about what they've said like they just announced that the deal was signed i don't think
1: my assumption is that they probably have nothing like maybe a couple scripts because like i think that they probably just have had like harry potter tv scripts for like years and years just lying around at this point you know my guess is what year is it 2023 yeah My guess is that we probably won't have a premiere date until end of twenty twenty five.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah. My next question is actors. (laughs) Yes, no to Millie Bobby Brown playing somebody in the series. Oh. I think no. Really? Because, like I said, I just think.
0: I think it's going to... Because she
1: could play, like... Because I don't... She couldn't really play any of the kids. I mean, she could. But, like... I mean, not in Sorcerer's Stone. Like, she would have to be playing, like... Lily Potter. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah. someone that age. No, I don't know. Um, I just don't... uh, I just kind of want it to be all no-name people. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I'm f I am I don't know how they, they do that with adults of, though. Like Yeah, I was gonna say true. I think they should go the route that the movies kind of set of like the kids being unknowns, maybe less of the like iconic British actors yeah. as adults. Like maybe just a few instead of like literally all yeah. of them. Um
0: Yeah, or yeah, yeah, just like a a tear down or something. But
1: Okay, no never mind, I have one more question. So it's very well known that like in the first in the movie productions no american actors were allowed it was all strictly british yeah. actors like nobody was putting on an accent in the movies do we think that'll be the case again or do we think we'll see some americans in there cuz i think
0: i will. think we'll see americans um yeah i think we will uh and i don't i'm fine with that as long as they can do a fine british accent yeah. which i think plenty yeah. of them can like um i do yeah you know, let's just say a little prayer, whatever, for, like, more than more than one non-white person.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: You know, like, let's get a little... And like, I the thing is, we could do gonna. so much good with this, and I don't know, I don't yeah. trust, but, you know.
1: I have faith that there will be more diversity on the screen now, whether that's diversity and, Extras. like, named yeah. main yeah. characters cannot confirm, nor But, deny. like, okay. But I do think, bare minimum, we'll see more people of color on the TV screen than Yeah,
0: I want... Movies. So, I want named black yes, characters that aren't Dean and Kingsley, basically. And I want, <laughs> like, named Asian actors playing someone that's not Cho, like... Yeah. Or, or you know, like... So, I, I just... You know, like, w- we did get a black Hermione in Cursed Child, so I think yeah. that, like, that actually is maybe the most likely thing to happen, which would be great. Yeah. I think would be good. But also, like, yeah, don't just, don't just half-heartedly do it. Like, you know, I think there yeah. needs to be serious thought that goes in and, like, intentional choices with diversity um, that... I think most people will be looking for and want and not, not only just accept the changes in the characters demographic, but But like like, actually support and accept them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, if we're looking at recent HBO book to screen adaptations, they did just like famously, I don't know if it's quite famously, but in the house of the dragon, they made the Valerians. Um, black and that was not the case in the book and that like not that i read the book but i understand what happened and like it added layers to some of the events that happened in the series so i think that was like a very tactful way of doing it not saying that like doing just that was enough because game of thrones is also still like really fairly white right um yeah yeah all right Let's call it this is a long episode. Uh, yeah, we should have honestly probably just done like a mini release yeah. on the whatever. It is what it is. Okay. Um, as always, thank you so
0: much for listening. And remember, just do your best. We'll do the rest.
1: And learn until our brains all wrapped.